Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Tom Murphy Jr. And um, it's been a little while, Coach Barnes, but but we're back. Uh, I just want to wish you congratulations on a great season um, with the Bishop Foley. But uh, now that that season's over, it's time to um, get back on the podcast, I think. Uh, so I'm glad we're getting back to it. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the semifinals that are coming up th th this weekend. And we have with us um, from Goose Poop, uh, Kane and Dean, who we've had um, previously. So we welcome you back, Kanan. Hey, glad to be here, guys. This is great. Been too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, uh, I'm glad you're on too, Kanan. Good, good to talk to you again. And Tom, I, I appreciate the kind words. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be coaching this week, but uh, yeah. um, nothing wrong with talking football with you guys as well. It, it's, it's been a thrilling playoff so far. And um, but and that there's a lot of games to go. We got 16 matchups uh, in, in this set semifinal weekend. I mean, we're probably not going to get in depth into every single matchup, but we definitely want want to discuss what, um, you know, I think a little bit in each division, because each division one through eight, um, you know, they've all got really, really good teams. It doesn't matter what division you're in. You make it this far. You've got a quality team. So um, why don't we go ahead and just get started with this? We'll start with um, we'll, we'll start um, with Division eight, I think, fellas, and um, work our way up from there. Um, and with, with this division, uh, Coach Barnes, I know you've got um, it's some familiar territory with Everest Collegiate um, playing Whiteford. Everest Collegiate is a team that uh, you guys with Bishop Foley is familiar with. So what can you tell us about them? Fantastic coaching staff, fantastic program, fantastic culture. You know, I'm not surprised in the least that uh, they're they're in the semifinals again. Uh, they were in the semifinals a few years ago um, during the COVID season. And I want to say, unfortunately, they were unable to play in that game. Um, and uh, they would have had a chance to play at Ford Field, but Fantastic, like I said, fantastic program. Um, you know, this year was, was kind of going to be like a rebuilding year for them, I thought. And, you know, we all kind of thought they graduated some really good football players, but not at all surprised that they're here. And they do have a really tough matchup, you know, Ottawa Lake Whiteford, um, you, you know, was fantastic in their own right. And um, they don't have a loss uh, this season. And I know, you know, the, the score that stood out to me was, um, you know, when they played Riverview, gave over Rashard in the playoffs and they beat them 56 19. And that's a team that, you know, Riverview gave over Rashard, we, we beat by a point. <laughs> right. And so you can't always, I know, look at common opponents and, and matchups. And sometimes the game flow is what it is. But man, that really stood out to me. And like you said, it doesn't matter, you know, the school size or what division it is. Like there are good football players everywhere and there are good teams everywhere and there are good coaches everywhere. So it should be a really good football game. I know. Um, you know, Everest will be, will be ready to play those guys. That's right. I think, I think, uh, you know, if you were to summarize D8 and how it's played out this year, um, just from the way our computer model has been playing it, it's been Whiteford and Iron Mountain surprisingly all year uh, by the computer model. Um, I think that that happened for a number of reasons. Um, I think one, the computer model weights, uh, the, the, or it gives more credence to the UP teams uh, because they play some teams from, or, or they don't, they just don't get out of their bubble very often. And so sometimes the computer model will, will bump those guys up higher than maybe they should be. And then Ubley, uh, kind of the reverse dynamic, the, the fourth team that we have not talked about, 
who is themselves undefeated, has been um, the computer models underweighted them because they themselves played in a bubble for most of the year. So the thumb teams actually don't, not until week nine, I believe, there was like 18 thumb teams that had all only played themselves, right? So it's it's very difficult for the computer model to wait to, to, to say how good a team is if they're operating inside a bubble, right? When we talk about the D1 teams, we'll have the same dynamic with the KLAA, right? The KLAA plays nine games all against each other. It's impossible if you're just doing math to say how good a KLAA team is because they've not played anybody from outside the state. So I think... Back to what I was saying, D8 kind of has this, this this strange dynamic where it's been Iron Mountain in Whiteford all year in our rankings, one and two. I don't think either team has, has changed from one of those two spots, but Ubley has been surging. Why have they been surging? Because they've come out of this thumb bubble, thumb bubble and they are a very good team. We've just been underrating them all year. And so if I were to say in D3, you know, I really think it's a, it's a three-horse race, no knock to um, – uh, Everest. Um, I think they're a great team. Obviously they made the semifinals. We have to be a great team, but I think it's one of those three teams that come out of it. And I, I honestly don't, I honestly don't know which one it's going to be. Right. I have not had a look at iron mountain. I think they had a, their first kind of pretty close game besides their opening week loss to Nagani. Um, this past uh, week against Everett, um, White Pigeon showed kind of, or not White Pigeon, uh, Ottawa Lake Whiteford showed maybe their first chink in their armor against White Pigeon. Uh, they got down early to White Pigeon, I believe, came back and won by a few scores still. So, I, you know, it's uh, I think D8 three horse race, hard, hard to call it. I'm going to I'm going to put Cannon. you on the spot. Oh, oh Cannon, uh, Tom, I was going to put Cannon on the yeah. spot, though. If you had to pick one of those four, who would you say is the favorite? I know you said one of the three for sure, but. You know, if I, if I'm, if, if it's me picking and not the model, I, I have to, I, I feel like I got to go with Ubley. Um, I've not heard a bad word about them. Just like people who have watched them play and say, like, everybody kind of has the same reaction when you, when you interact with them, they're like, that team is good. That team is good. And they have some players who would be starting on big school teams, uh, running all over the field and you just look at their results. Right. And so this is what's so surprising with me or with my model this year is, Ubley's not had a bad result, right? Uh, or a bad, has not had an underperformance result, right? I would say Whiteford had their first underperformance result last week where they were supposed to beat White Pigeon by more than they beat them by. Still a great win, et cetera. Iron Mountain, same dynamic, right? Ubley has literally, I think, beaten every single team they've played by five scores or more, something like that, right? I might be embellishing a bit, but it's close to that. And so just knowing that, I think my, my computer model's wrong. I got to go. I got to go with the Bearcats. So I'm wondering how much um, stock you put into a team having to travel all the way up to Iron Mountain. Um, Cause I mean, it's such a long trip and, and it's, it's just such a, um, I, I just wonder how much of an advantage that is for Iron Mountain to have this game at home. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I'm not sure if they're going all the way to Iron Mountain. I think they're yeah, going. actually, this game has been going to be in Petoskey. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's still, I mean, it's yeah, but it's still a trip. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's still definitely a a, a trip where guys got to get on a bus and go uh, go a long way. So, um, you know, dealing out outside their element a little bit is is a challenge for their coaching staff and their kids for sure. All right, so let's move on to Division Seven. We've got some pretty good matchups in here too. Tom, if I could hop in. So 
So yeah. the matchup, the, the matchups here, the, I, you know, obviously everybody's going to be looking at the Traverse city, St. Francis and new lost their game for obvious reasons. And then, you know, on the other side is Jackson looking Christie against Napoleon. Now, you know, Cannon, tell me I'm wrong. So, like the other three, the Jackson Lumen Christie, Traverse City, St. Francis, New Lothrop, to me are um, definitely teams with historic credibility. You know, they, they've made deep playoff runs before and have won state titles. Napoleon, are they kind of the outlier, you know, in the semifinal, or am I wrong? And no, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you looked at our entire 32 teams that are left, Napoleon might be kind of the the new, the most, the, the, the freshest face of the bunch, I would say. You know, maybe you would put Dexter in that category. I feel like people have been talking about Dexter for a while. They, they haven't quite made a semifinal yet, but I would say Napoleon might be, of your semifinalists, might be your surprise team of the year to make a semifinal. And they're undefeated as well. So um, I agree with that take, Coach. Is there a team in, in this semifinal canon that you think, I mean, I mean, gosh, like they're, they're all good, obviously. Right. But Trevor city, St. Francis and their history and, and, and new lows are up um, has done it in a couple different divisions. And then Jackson and Christie, obviously like, you know, what does your model say or who do you say is, is the favorite out of this group? Yeah. I like, so we've been saying all year long, basically, that Traverse City, St. Francis, if you look at the eight divisions, there are there's no larger gap between the top team and the next team than in D7. Traverse City, St. Francis is about right now, I think, two and a half scores, like 17 points better than our number two team, Lumen Christie. Um, uh, they showcased that this past weekend against Ithaca. I think Ithaca is a great team, obviously very storied program, having a great year. They beat them 63-0, to zero, right? I think it was 56-0 at half. So I just think it's very hard to see that result. It's very hard to see our computer model saying this and then think anything other than the Gladiators are going to roll to their next, you know, their next state title. So um, that's I, I just have a hard time betting against them with those kind of results. And this this division has a lot of interest for you know me and the and the, Catholic, the Detroit Catholic League because Jackson Lumen Christie is is joining um, the Catholic League next football season, so I mean that's just going to add to the credibility credibility of our league and um, make it a lot more difficult for teams to have on, on the schedule. You know, yeah, that's that's a good point, Coach. Are you guys so do you guys expect? I mean, you, probably, you maybe don't know yet how the the leagues are going to shake out, but do you expect to be in a league with Lumen Christie or how's that? Are they joining so, the UA or? Okay. Yeah, so the, the way, um, obviously ideas have been floated about, right? Um, I think they're going to be playing schools similar to them, like Detroit Loyola. Like, I think they'll be um, in the AA, um, or excuse, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the AA. Um, you know, Detroit Loyola, um, Divine Child, UD Jesuit. I think that is ultimately what, uh, where they're going to be put, but. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be tough and they're going to be good. <laughs> you know, they're going to, they're going to compete in whatever division they get put in. So um, yeah, like I said, though, I think, I think it's good for our overall, for our league to have those guys joining it. And then on top of that, we get the Toledo schools, which could be a topic for another day as well, joining the Catholic league. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Are, are there schools yeah. that are, are your, that are like Lumen Christie and Bishop fully sized from Toledo joining or are they all not? Yeah, no, right now it looks like they're all like the bigger ones that'll be in the central, um, you know, playing against the Catholic central and the brother rice and the deal sales in the same time. So, yep. Uh, as of right now, um, but you know, you know, who, who knows how it's going to turn out? Like maybe this is a, this becomes like a bigger, um, 
you know, bigger league and a bigger deal than even, even we all anticipated. Right. Right. Wow. That's outstanding. That's uh, I love that. It's going to raise the level of play for sure. Definitely. You want to jump to D six, Tom? Yeah. Division six. We've got Reed city and Nagani and Clinton and West Catholic. What's standing out for you guys in division six? Um, it's, it's almost a bit of the same story. West Catholic has been our top team all year long, but I would, I would characterize it as West Catholic is much closer to the rest of the teams in their division than Traverse City St. Francis is, and they've shown a chink in their armor. I, they had an upset loss. I would characterize it very much as an upset to Fruitport. Um, so they, they just showed that maybe they can play down a level if they're not careful. Um, but that said, I still think West Catholic on their best day is about a touchdown better than the rest of the teams. Um, what's, what sucks, well, actually not what sucks. Um, um, actually, no, not, I'm, I'm going to take back, take that back. It used to be that Clinton going into the playoffs, Clinton was our number two team. And so I was going to say, it sucks that Clinton and West Catholic are going to play in the semifinals and not the finals, but actually with most recent results, Nagani has surged and is now actually a few points better than Clinton. So if things go chalk, Nagani and West Catholic will meet and you'll actually have, you know, what we would say is the rightful state title game. You'll have the best two teams in the D6 playing each other. So um, um, outside of Bishop Foley coach. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's uh, it's wild to me and I understand it, but it's wild to me when you said um, they had a chink in their armor, right? West Catholic had a chink in their armor because of an upset loss. Like as a coach, like we think, man, like, like I respect the heck out of all these teams that may get that far, but especially the ones that like don't have a loss or just have one loss. It is so hard to win a football game. And, and I don't know if people truly appreciate that. Um, if that makes sense, I'm not, I don't mean that a criticism to you, but I mean, in general, like it is so difficult to win a game. And so like, I, the, the amount of respect I have for these these coaches and players to be at this level and be undefeated or just have a loss I'm like man that's something because uh, it no, is it's so difficult to go like you need everything to break right and I think of our regular season right where we finished nine mm-hmm. and like there were a couple games where we had to have a few breaks like a tip ball here or the ball bounces the right way there just to get there and these guys are still playing you know um near Thanksgiving so it's pretty cool it's a point well taken. I, I just, I, you know, I always feel like I'm being like reductionist and I'm just like looking at numbers on a, a piece of paper and just saying, Oh, this team's better than this team. Oh, this team got upset. So it's, I mean, these are, these are real, real people, you know, you're a real person coach. <laughs> <laughs> that, that means a lot. That means a lot. Know, I, yeah. I'm glad you reminded me is what I'm saying. Like, well, it's, and, 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 and again, you're dealing with high school age kids going through, you know, who knows what and now practicing with the, uh, you know, practicing and playing in some elements and all that stuff. I mean, it is, it's impressive. Like you're, you're all these guys are obviously all these teams are very good to get here. And it's just even more impressive the way we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what's so interesting about what you do, Cannon, is, um, you know, with your model is that because you you are looking at it, you know, there's there's it's, you know, it's almost like equations and stuff like that. You know, you've turned it into like a mathematical system, yet there's so many factors that go in because, again, these you're dealing with high school kids, you know, um, and, and so many different things can happen on, on any given uh, game, yet you're still coming out with with so much. Um, you know, like you, you, you're, you're, you almost like, 
you're so good at predicting these things despite all the uh, variances that could possibly happen. So um, it, it's, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a really good point. And, you know, I always say, thank God that that's, uh, that that's true, right? If I was predicting every game, right, like that wouldn't be any fun, right? Like for anybody. <laughs> and there's not really any lessons learned either along the way. It's just like this team always shows up and always wins. This team always shows up and always loses, right? So thank, thank God there's some variance. And yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about it for those who, who read our stuff. Um, if we set a spread within four points, it's still a coin flip, basically. Even though a team's a four-point favorite on paper, they only win about 50% of the time, maybe 53% of the time. Um, you go up to eight points, a team's an eight-point underdog, they still win 40% of the time. Maybe they win 35% of the time, right? So it's like there's the computer can only get you so far. You, you still got to play the game. You still got to play it. And thank God. <laughs> yeah. So D- Division Six. um, do you guys have a, 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 a like a clear cut um, matchup here, or, or, or um, you, you think this thing's pretty uh, wide open still? I well, I told you what the model thinks. I'm gonna defer yeah. to Coach Lawrence, see what he thinks. I I'm gonna agree with the model here. Um, you can't. Uh, I mean, you can't go against tradition, and um, you can't go against your model. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I won't go. I won't bet against your model. It's been it's been uh, pretty good up to this point. Yeah. All right. So let's cruise right along down to um, Division Five. A couple more undefeated teams. Uh, it's definitely a trend here. These you got some very solid teams. Uh, Frankie Muth at twelve and zero facing Detroit Country Day, and then Catholic uh, Catholic Central uh, facing Gladwin, who's another undefeated team at twelve and zero. Go ahead, Cannon. Fire, fire away. Um, so uh, D five, I think is is really one of the most interesting divisions. I think it's 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 the one of the ones that are that has the least spread between the teams. Um, it's again, I think it's a three horse race. I don't think Country Day is gonna. I think they'll make it a competitive game, but I think it'll ultimately be a, a few score win by Frankenmuth. Um, I think Frankenmuth kind of showcased that last week with their win over a pretty good Hamity team. Um, they, they just kind of, you know, one by four scores, five scores, something like that, six scores, maybe. Um, but I think Frankenmuth, GRCC and Gladwin are all neck and neck. Frankenmuth's been kind of the leader all year. We would say they're about a touchdown better than Gladwin. Who's the, the worst of the three. I use worst lightly there. Um, because I think, I think Gladwin and GRCC are just going to have a heck of a semifinal on Saturday. I think it's, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think there's probably going to be quite a few points scored, um, and I'm, I'm excited, you know, the underdog in me hopes for the the team that hasn't been there before Glad, or maybe Gladwin's been to a final. I'm not sure, but they certainly haven't been to one recently and GRCC has. So, may, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe for the sake of parity, Gladwin can pull it off, but um, I just think that's a really fun semifinal game. Um, and then when it does happen, you know, I think it would, I think it would be strange to a lot of people who are, who are just kind of casually watching if if GRCC does prevail and you have a Frankenmuth GRCC matchup, I think we will likely rate it uh, as Frankenmuth as the favorite, and I think that would probably surprise most people who are, who are casually watching um, because they'd know this is not the first time Frankenmuth and GRCC have matched up, and I think GRCC has won fairly handedly each time. Uh, and so, but I you know I think 
if I were, if I were, if I were betting betting man, which I'm not, but I would say this is the Eagles years. So this is the Eagles year. So um, that's my that's my D five take. Frankenmuth has definitely the last few years been banging on the door, right? A couple of semi appearances and a finals appearance. Um, they're really close. The thing that, you know, stands out about Gladwin obviously is the amount of points they score, right? I mean, you hear about just how, how impressive their offense has been all season. Um, you know, last week was the uh, lowest they've scored all year and it's 26 points against Oak Ridge, you know, and um, that that's saying a lot. And um, so like you said, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, their first time or, you know, um, maybe not their first time, but really kind of the outsider in this, in this bracket, but uh, um, yep. That's why they play. That's right. That's right. All right. Division four matchups. You got Riverview and Goodrich and then South Christian and Edwardsburg. South Christian 13 and 0, Edwardsburg 11 and 1, Riverview 12 and 0, Goodrich 11 and 1. Um, not a lot of losing among these guys here. Uh, what what to take? So I we made a big deal about this last week. It was our game of the week. Was the Whitehall South Christian matchup? Both teams were undefeated. Whitehall won the regular season title of highest points per game scored in the state, um, be, at just edging out Belleville. Um, South Christian obviously is the team that ended Grand Rapids Catholic Central's win streak, which was the largest win streak in the state, longest win streak in the state. We made a huge deal about that this last week for those reasons. Uh, we also, if you looked at the computer models perspective, we thought those were the two best teams in D4. Um, and we actually thought Whitehall, the team that lost to South Christian, was the best team in D4 and was so good just model-wise that they, they would compete in the D the D one bracket, right? The D two bracket, the D three bracket, right? Um, that took a lot of people off, ca caught them off guard when we posted it on, on social media. We had a lot, a lot of people saying there's no way Whitehall could go with those guys. Maybe they're right. We'll never know. But this is a long way of saying, I think the D four state title game, you know, if you were to seed the bracket accordingly, I would, I would say that that happened last week and Whitehall and South Christian would have met in the finals. That said, we have three, great teams uh, that are not named South Christian. And I think all of those T three teams are right around each other. So Riverview, Goodrich, Edwardsburg are all rated about a touchdown worse than South Christian that, you know, that would give them all three of them about 40% chance against South Christian and against each other. It's going to be a coin flip that Goodrich Riverview semi. That's going to be a great game. I don't know which way to call it. So um, yeah, coach Barnes, who's your, who's your D four team? You know, that's, you know, you make a good point. That game, uh, the Goodrich Riverview, just just looking at their seasons and Goodrich's only loss has been to Frankenmuth and the rest of their schedule, they seem to, other than a few games, you know, won pretty handedly. And for both of these teams, Goodrich and Riverview, this is really um, the deepest run they've made um, ever. I know Riverview, I want to say in 2017-ish, made it to the, to the semis, but uh, they've also never been to Ford Field or to a state title game. So, um I Goodness. think uh, I think Riverview might have made it in 02 to a state title game. Okay, you might you might be right. So it's been a while. It's been quite a while. So yeah. um I, I'm with you. South Christian, I mean, um <laughs> they've been pretty dominant all year as well. So um I, I would have to pick them. And I wanna say, I'm gonna look it up now. I wanna say that that 02 matchup, yes, was against South Christian. So <laughs> <laughs> 
could we have a 20 year 20 year reunion redux of south christian yeah. riverview that'd be a that would be fun that would be fun <laughs> wow uh, all right so now um we're getting into some real star power here uh in division three with uh dewitt at, at 10 and three muskegon 10 and two uh mason undefeated 12 and 0 and then um detroit king at at eight and three um in this Cannon, division, can i go of, yeah, yeah go first can I, tom can i go first is that okay yeah. then we oh, interrupt yeah. you yeah. only because i don't I'll let I'll let Cannon handle DeWitt, Muskegon, and Mason. All I know is, you know, King and Dante Moore and the dudes they have. And I know they have three losses right now, but one was a Cast Tech, who we'll talk about later. Uh, Warren Central in Indiana, Moeller from Cincinnati. I mean, those aren't bad losses at all. And on their wins on their schedule include River in the playoffs, River Rouge, Allen Park, and Birmingham Brother Rice. I mean, <laughs> King 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 has the star power. Um, I'm curious to see what what the model says because they're um, to me they just Coach Spencer's a friend of mine he's fantastic and they do a good job so I'm curious what what Cannon has to say about the rest of the semis. So Coach, you're dead on. King's certainly the favorite in D3, but what I would say about D3 is it is the most competitive of the divisions. What do I mean by most competitive? All the teams are the closest together. Only a touchdown separates the top from the bottom. So, and the, the bottom team is Mason. No, bottom team's DeWitt, funny enough, um, returning state finalist. And the top team's King. But, you know, I think you could see any mix. I think you could see any mix, any mix of those, those four teams in there. I think Mason's going to give King a great game. Um, I think they're having a great year. Um, and then I think uh, Muskegon DeWitt is just going to be, you know, it's just too, a classic semi matchup between two of the state's most storied programs. So, I, 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 you know, I, I ride with my model. I'm going to say King, but I think it could be any of those four teams, really. All right. Division two. Uh, Dexter, Forest Hill Central, a matchup of two 12 and 0 teams. And then you have uh, De La Salle, who seems to be there, you know, in the mix every year, <laughs> pretty much. They're talking about a powerhouse. And then uh, versus Groves. Now, De La Salle, 11 and 1, Groves, 9 and 3. Should be some interesting matchups as well. Yeah, coach, you want to you want to take them or you, you want me? Yeah, to you know, I, no, I can I can start. Obviously, I think you know Cole Cabana and Dexter is a real cool story. Um, they're they're fun to watch, and I remember you know back oh gosh oh 2002 at coaching at Clawson High School, we went out to Dexter and played them, and it's a real neat community and cool story. I'll I'll let you talk about um, the Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids Forest Hills and. Um, but, you know, De La Salle and Groves, super happy for Coach Flaherty and the guys at Groves. Um, those guys have been there for a while and very happy for them to be in the semifinals right now. Um, you know, unfortunately for them, De La Salle is just on another level. Um, do I think Groves can coach him up and, and scheme really well and get a chance to stay in the game? For sure I do because I respect those guys. But deal of sale is something else and um you know they have a lot of star power as well so um if i had to say i, th I think deal of sale is a favorite yeah i agree with you um i actually and I, I hate to do it because this last week we just got our model got got upended bad in the grove by groves upsetting franklin what we would call an upset i don't know if groves would agree but uh they let us know they let us know that we were wrong i've never met uh 
coach uh, or anybody from Groves. Uh, but you know, send them send them my my apologies. It's not. Uh, it's just math. It's just math. But and they, and they proved us wrong. That's why they play them. So. And we're going to stick our neck out again. And we're going to say that uh, Dale Sal is the overwhelming favorite against Groves. So I hope, I hope uh, they prove us wrong. Cause that's, that's, it's always good to, when things don't go chalk um, on the other side of the bracket. I think you have uh, one of the closer semifinal games that will go down. Um, uh, FHC and Dexter have been neck and neck all year. Dexter's kind of slightly edged out the last few weeks. As far as the model speaking, uh, put, got a slight edge on FHC. Two point, they're two point, the Dreads are a two-point favorite over um, the Rangers. Um, I think it's going to be a great matchup, right? You hear a lot about the star power on Dexter, right? Cole Cabana, uh, a couple a couple other great players. They score, they score a lot of points. What you don't hear about is FHC, and they actually have statistically one of the best defenses in the state. Um they uh, they they just play they play great defense. I think they have the third. The computer model would say FHC has the third best defense in the state. So it's going to be interesting. It's always it's always interesting matchup wise when the best two units hit each other, right? The best offense, the teams teams better on offense plays the team that's better on defense, and what's going to happen. Um, so I, it's uh, regardless. I think Dell Sal is the overwhelming favorite. It'll be interesting to see who they play in the finals. All right, and then. Our final matchups, Division One, uh, again. I mean, obviously, uh, some powerhouses. Clarkston at ten and two, Caledonia eleven and one, and then you got, um, which is sure to be a great matchup with uh, Cass Tech at nine and three, and Belleville um, twelve and zero. Uh, go ahead, Cannon. Um, what are your thoughts on D one? I think this is this is going to be an exciting exciting finish. Um, Obviously, D1 gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so. It's the large schools. Um, you know, Cast Tech, I think the story is Cast Tech. They had an incredibly difficult draw. They played West Bloomfield first round, I believe, um, then Southfield, and then most recently, um, um, who'd they play last week? Guys, help me out. Um, they beat they, Dakota. Macomb, Dakota, right. Yeah. So – They've been, and you know what's even stranger is they've been underdogs by our model in two of those three games. So they have technically staged upsets in two of those three games, right? Against uh, West Bloomfield and then against Macomb, Dakota. Now their rating has adjusted accordingly, right? The model now thinks they're a much better team than they did when Cass started. But I think you you still have to kind of question the model's rating when they say, we're, you know, we're going to say that Cass Texas seven point underdog to Belleville going into this game. You know, do you believe that, or you do do you still think? that the models underweight cast tech and that they're going to play Belleville much, much closer. Regardless, this will be, this is the closest spread that Belleville's had against an opponent all year. So they, when they played Livonia Franklin, Livonia Franklin was undefeated. We put out a 28 point spread when they played, uh, or maybe a 21 point spread when they played Brighton, Brighton was undefeated. We put out, you know, a similar kind of spread, 28 points this last week, Belleville, uh, played DCC that was their closest spread to date by that point that was a 14 point spread so this is the first game that Belleville's playing where they're expected to play an opponent that can keep it within a score of them does that happen I don't know so it's, there's a dynamic from both sides right Belleville's playing their toughest opponent all year Castex surging that makes for a great matchup I think it's happening Friday night you guys can correct me if I'm wrong yeah that's um, what I saw yeah in uh 
Yeah, Friday night. I believe it's in Novi too. Interesting. Yeah. So that that's a great matchup. Um, the other one is uh, Caledonia and Clarkston. I think both have interesting stories to them. Uh, Caledonia, obviously, we've our computer model thought very highly of the OK Red teams this year. We had Caledonia and Rockford rated one and two all year, basically. Caledonia avenged their first their their only loss of the year in the second round of the playoffs, beating narrowly beating Rockford on the last play of the game. They went for two in overtime to win. Oh, wow. Um, so you, you got Caledonia, they have one loss, but they've avenged it. And then you've got Clarkston who's, they have two losses, but they've avenged one to Davison. And I believe their other loss, uh, was to, um, West Bloomfield who was knocked out of the playoffs first round. And so they're, you know, they're, they're clearly, uh, you know, not a two loss team, right? They are a two loss team, but they're, you know, they're just as good as being undefeated the same with Caledonia. So I think the other, the other semi is really good as well. So, you know, I, I love the, love the D one semis that we have here. I think it's four great programs. So it's going to be fun. If I, if I were to pick, which I'm going to ride with my model here, it's going to say Caledonia, but right now Caledonia is only a four point favorite over Belleville. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Wow. I, uh, to, to me, um, you know, I think I hope I'm wrong, but I th sometimes I think the perception of Cass changed a little bit when Thomas Wilcher left. Coach Wilcher left to Michigan State, but like Coach Marvin Rushing, like he's a dude, and those kids have been are good and they're well coached, uh, and they've been banging on the door since he took over as well. But you know, I kind of think Belleville's on a mission. I mean, they're obviously loaded with talent, and then I I think they they rally around Coach Kroll and everything that's going on there in that program. So to me, it's, I don't want to say they're head and, sh head and shoulders above the other three teams, but man, they're, they're, they've been pretty dominant. And I think they've been on a mission. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That's all eight divisions. Uh, and what is sure to be just an incredibly exciting weekend of, of high school football in the state of Michigan. Um, good luck to, to all those teams. Um, they've certainly all come come a long way, you know, towards their uh, towards their goal. And, uh, you know, there's only going to be, um, you know, eight standing, you know, eight, only eight can be champion. So um, it's not going to end good for for, you know, a lot of these guys. But still, man, to, just to make it this far, you know, to, to the semifinals, is um, you know, it's, it's quite a feat, you know, especially in some of these uh, divisions where there's just, you know, you're just loaded with talent. So I don't know. I'm excited for a big, big week weekend of football. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. In a, lot of, in a lot of ways, I think the, the semifinals are, are, have been better games, could be better games and better atmospheres than the actual finals. I mean, that, I'm trying not to take anything away from the experience at Ford Field, but there is something to be said for like, hey, we won a game to get there. Right. It's almost like it's like, hey, it's exhilarating. You made it. And, and um, th so this weekend to me is, is just as fun as um, as the actual finals. So great job by both of you guys tonight. I was just about to say that, coach. I think the semis is like one, you're playing in a smaller atmosphere. So it's not kind of this cavernous Ford Field. Right. Not not to take anything away from Ford Field, but it does kind of have that dynamic. It's very difficult to 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 fill it up to where you feel kind of the the same feel that you do at your home stadium and then two the relief i think there's a sense when you play in a semifinal where there's no true second right uh there's a relief where 
if you win and you're going to a final, you know, your season's done the following week, regardless, right? There's no sort of like the losing team in a state final does not feel as bad as when they lost in a semifinal, I would say. Right. That's they're, uh, they're, they're still, a, they're a state finalist. Right. At the end of the day, they're a state finalist. And you knew your season was going to be over when the clock was over uh, that time. You know, you weren't playing sure. for anything extra besides a wooden mitten. So um, anyways, I, I agree with you. Semifinals is the most, is, is the most exhilarating round I say. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. It's been great talking with you guys. Um, you know, this has been another episode of Inside the Coach's Office. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, on behalf of Brian and, and, and Cannon, I just want to say thanks for listening, and, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show.